Are you about ready? <laughs> Go fuck thyself. Hello and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners. I'm Nate, and joining me is my brother, the fucking... <sighs> God, you're pissing you're just, me off you're today. You're salty today. You're pissing me off today. Yo, this what guy. up? I'm Zach, the, the the superior of the two. I saved that audio clip so I can still take that. Oh, shit. Well, you know, you started it, you little bitch. Okay. We'll be doing a full spoiler reread of George R. R. Martin's A Game of Thrones and seeing how we feel. We might do the other books, but it's a long road. Yeah, I suppose we could start with that. You know, we'll see how the, the next 40, 50 Gotta take a little bit count. at a time. Little bits. Little fingers. Oh, right <laughs> um, so yeah, we just actually got kind of an odd trailer teaser. Not even a trailer. I'll call that, it a teaser. That, that, uh, thing. Crossover. Reference. The Super Bowl aired tonight, which... Are we allowed to say Super Bowl? I don't know. Are they going to charge us money? Go ahead. I, which I have no interest in. I couldn't even tell you who's playing, but uh, there was a the, the Bud Light ad quickly, Bud Light quickly changed Yeah, to, all of a sudden, it um, was the greatest thing I've seen. It was seen. the Bud Night, the I Bud think, Night is the, the, the pun they were trying to make, which was just awful, and then... The mountain shows up and just rips his fucking head off. Which, well, like apparently he didn't because it shows him there laying there all. He fucked popped. Up, no, but... he plucked and pushed his eyes in. Oh, oh, he was overing. Over oh, okay, yeah, great. It's like over. Wonderful. Yeah. Open that wound. <laughs> Too but soon. yeah, it was it was weird. I mean, it didn't really reveal anything or do anything. But I mean, it's definitely gonna it was, boost Bud Light sales. I would imagine it was fun. I I wasn't expecting it. It's it's an interesting type right now in Game of Thrones. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. And then uh, George posted on his not a blog today. Today. His uh, his mood was, he was confused. But uh, it's another Hugo Award type deal. So it's all referring to Fire and Blood and it being nominated. And he's just confused because he's not sure what kind of category it could actually be voted in because he's openly stated and this quoted as saying it's not a novel so it should not be up for best novel it's an imaginary history which a lot of people get mad that he calls it imaginary but you know it it's not real like (laughs) as much as we all (laughs) wish and would pray Um, and so yeah he was just talking about what what category it should be voted into or nominated as if anybody felt like nominating his book and then he went to, you know, give who he thinks should be nominated for Best Novel, I think it was. But I forget who that was, because it's not Martin, so I don't care. Sure Whatever. I thought he might be confused, because, like, damn, this Tyrion chapter is really <laughs> giving me some trouble. No, it would get your hopes up. Well... Well, because he, he, he put the, uh, there was a photo he did on Groundhog's Day, and it was of him popping out the ground, and so... Just doing weird. So he was just being a fucking Martin, a badass. Yeah, and he's... so people were like, "Does this mean that Winds of Winter's coming soon?" It's like, fuck. Probably. No, it does not mean <laughs> that. I think he's even said it doesn't mean anything. I was well, you know, like, now I mean that man can't take a shit yeah, without yeah. having to say it's a this prophecy. doesn't this mean Winds of, Winter, Winds of Winter is coming. But 
you know, every little thing that we can grasp a hold of until it actually gets a, a date. A truth. So, so speaking of grasping a hold of things that we hold fondly. How about instead it, a better segue would be speaking of winter uh, well, or winter coming? No. You know. I, <laughs> I want to grab Ned Stark and hold him close, so... For the time you have with him. We will be diving into his first chapter today. So, we just finished up, obviously, that means uh, Danny, and... Does it obviously mean Danny? Well, I suppose if somebody's new and just joining us for the first time, then they may not have... See, there you go. You know, fuck you. See, I'm I'm going global. My podcast is for everyone to enjoy. Except... If you haven't read the books, in that case, go the fuck away because I don't want to spoil these yeah, books for a, anyone. It is you a need to just again. We said it. At the beginning you need of the to just episode, read them but... for yourself and experience it because. So, quick recap of the last couple. Uh, so, since we're starting with Ned, last time we saw Ned was with Catelyn over in the Godswood, and he was just being told that uh, Robert Baratheon is coming north. He's, he's, he's heading north. He's told to by Cat that things aren't perfect. buddy. We pick up with Ned. So I did a little counting, and because, ha, I've said it enough times now, uh, this is a full spoiler reread podcast, Ned dies at the end. What? Uh, Yeah, no, shocker. Aw, shit. Okay, so Ned dies at the end. But yeah, Ned dies at the end. So I did a little counting. This is the first Ned chapter. This is chapter one of 15 for Ned. So we got a grand total of 15 in this book, chapters from the Ned's The countdown begins. The countdown begins. And so we pick up this chapter as the king and his men are arriving at Winterfell. So right off the bat, I love what George is doing with these, with the foreshadowing, the words that he's using. So he says that they they poured through the castle gates like a river of gold, silver, and polished steel. But the very next line, it says, a pride of bannermen and knights come through. Now, when you think of a pride... Lions. Right. And so I just really liked that he referred to all these bannermen and these knights as a pride of of people. I'm thinking of it like... I just think that it's so cool that it's it's almost already forcing you into this... You know, they're all Lannisters. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, they... yeah you're, like, you're supposed to associate basically the groups of people by the sigil of the house that they represent or are currently with and as of right now we know that it's a large contingent of Lannisters and so we didn't you know I feel like it's also showing the how much pull the Lannisters have like the king's a Baratheon the queen is technically you know now a Baratheon she doesn't go by that Catelyn Stark in the north she doesn't still go by Tully but it's still Cersei Lannister yeah that is interesting that she does still refer to it I mean it's another hint that she isn't accepting her husband's name right. as as her own. Um, so we get, yeah, this little procession going in that Ned's watching. We get Sir Jamie Lannister with his hair as bright as beaten gold. He can do no wrong. He's a stud. He can like, do no Like, Jamie's just a wrong. fucking stud. <laughs> then we get, and I think it's a great contrast, we get the, 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 the handsome Prince nice. Charming, and, and then, then we get Sandor Clegane with, with his, his terrible burn, yeah. terrible burn awesome. face. Awesome. Just the contrast. And of then. The, and it's funny, though, because we're seeing both the worst and the best of these people. And like, they're not who you expect. But it's exactly, like, you see this terrible burn face, but really, he has... In the story, what's looking to have an arc that's much more, much deeper than we we first might anticipate. The Grave Digger. And then Jamie Lannister, who... 
who uh, I mean, in this granted, book, he he's will just, eventually. Arc yeah, he's got his well, own great but, arc, but in this book, he's just Dick Central. Like he comes in as the. So then we get the the crown prince. We, yep, the we, we get we get uh, yeah, who must or, be the or, crown prince? But it's a very quick kind so, of yeah, rush, just off. rush off. And the just tall boy a couple must names. be the crown right. prince, and then we get my man, the man, the man, little Tyrion, the imp Tyrion Lannister, who just comes riding in. Um, and Ned says the and the huge, huge man at the head of the column is his old buddy Robbie B, leading the charge. Ned immediately notices that he almost doesn't recognize this man. This is not yeah, Robert as he knows him. Robert used to be lean. It said he was a he was muscular yeah, he like a maiden's lean. fantasy. He was this big, strong, Conan barbarian type motherfucker. And clean shaven, like that. <clears throat> oh yeah, no, he was clean shaven. He was just he was. And so he just noticed women yeah, wanted him, men wanted to be him type guy. And so and Robert comes running up and just immediately hugs Ned, just grabs him in a hug. Which, Ned hasn't said anything, mm. just and uh, I th- I thought it was neat that he says it's good to see that frozen face and like even in the world they obviously use the words and know the North is the cold and so. But just for him to say, you know, that his frozen face, how how stark we know he is. Mm. Um, and he says, you haven't changed at all. Which is a good, uh, I mean, absolutely, Ned, I, I don't think he does. I think he was just as honorable when, then and now, when Robert's Rebellion and... was going up till now. It's Robert is the man who's changed. He was... He was a man with a cause, and then when he right. won his cause, and so he had the last no idea. time that they saw each other was nine years prior, when they were taking the Iron Islands, when they were fucking telling Balon to go fucking go jump off a rock somewhere. I just, I like, I, I think it's the contrast between the two just still interests me. Like Ned even says, in those days, the smell of leather and blood had hung to clung like to perfume. him like perfume. Now yeah. it was perfume yeah. that clung to him like perfume. It's just, and he had a girth to match his height. Like Robert's a tall, six tall and a half dude, foot guy. He's a big round. Yeah. Robust. Now he's this big round dude. So yeah, the last time they saw each other was to stop Balon Greyjoy's rebellion. When Theon became Ned. When, yeah. When they, they just crushed it. I mean, it really wasn't, even a big deal. Balon thought he had some shit, and he really didn't. He had nothing to and go And so they for. went, and they shut that down. Robert accepted his surrender, and Ned took his son, Theon, as his hostage and ward. Theon. Theon. Uh, but Ned notices the, the, the weariness on the king's face, the way he looks raggard and dragged down and just not hearty and hale and healthy like he used to when he was this young, dashing... Lad, yeah, but but it says me. that Ned is Ned. This is his king, so all Ned says is, "Your Grace Winterfell is yours." Yeah. Ned doesn't mention any of this to his one-time best friend, and he doesn't cross that line because this is his king now. You can't. There's things you can say to a king, even if he is your best friend, but there's things you can't. And telling him that he got fat and looks like shit isn't really something you mention to the king. So, <laughs> in walks. Cersei Lannister. Yes. And, and in I walks love. Cersei Lannister is what I immediately well, thought was interesting. And they say because the, the carriage that they took couldn't fit through the gates. The fucking carriage. Did you, it took 40, 40 yeah, horses. 40 horses to pull this fucking thing. 40 fucking horses. It was double stacked. So, like, it, it was a wheelhouse. She had this whole big fucking wheelhouse that couldn't fit through the gates of Winterfell, which is why she walks up with the children because... They couldn't fit that motherfucker now, through. 
I love this this meeting with the both her and Catelyn, and so Ned uh, Robert runs up to Catelyn and hugs, and her. hugs her like a long lost yeah. sister, whereas Ned kneels and kisses Cersei's hand, and kisses the ring, yep, and like just how both of them, both Catelyn and Cersei, Robert and Ned contrast there, where he's. He's kneeling. Ned is kneeling down before the queen who's extending a hand so you can... Whereas Catelyn is open to the embrace. I mean, she's not shoving the king off of her. And granted, he's the king. See, so I know, like, like, we specifically said that, like, we're not doing anything to do with the show. But I think the show very well nailed this chapter. Especially Lena Headey with just the disinterest. Because you know Cersei's extending her hand. Just not even giving a yeah, fuck. You know, just even, do it, peasant. She doesn't realize that's, that what, that's Ned. Exactly. Yeah. It, like, yeah, it could be anyone at this exactly. point. It's just Cersei. It doesn't matter. These are the formalities. But Robert, I mean... Whether or not Robert's a good guy is debatable, and I think that yeah, we'll, but that's we'll discuss, I mean, but that's he, the heart he of goes the up and, series and anyway. he embraces Catelyn because Catelyn's the wife of and he his cares best about buddy. Her yeah, and, and like, he wants and... to see the kids. So it's yeah, this contrast of husbands and wives and and their partnership, even where you know Robert kind of isn't standing by him and saying you know here's my queen, right. you know Whereas he's just like yeah, here we go. Right. So, so they, that's done. They they present they the children quick. That's the... I didn't, like, because I really still had the show in mind. Yeah, yeah. But, man, they... Yeah, no, it passes you, right over. You they don't present even, them, and they're approved of, they're and approved done. approved of on each side. And then it even kind of seems rushed yeah. in the chapter where Ned says, all right, the format, formalities were done, and then Robert says, take me to your crypt. Like, yo, the let's go. I'm checking out the crypts. Like, let's do this. And that's when Cersei kind of steps in. She's like, eh, you know, people are tired. Let's rest, you know, refresh a little bit, and... Robert, Robert just looks at her. He doesn't even. He, that's he doesn't that's say what anything. I liked about it is that he just with a with a glance, and then Jamie comes up and takes her arm, which is interestingly where we learn that he is her twin, because that's not stated before. This is the moment where we learn that he is Jamie Lannister is the queen's twin. I didn't even see. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, yep. It is stated that her 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 twin, the the queen's brother, her twin, stepped up and gently took her oh, arm, what? and that's what silences Cersei. So. You know, right here we're just so shown and, a little and, bit more and about then Ned Cersei. Has, Ned has nothing but admiration for Ned, uh, Robert at that point. The fact that he remembered after Liana. this length of time, Lyanna, and that just, was the first thing he wanted. And to... Exactly, and he's he just I think that really reminded him that you know Robert was his best friend. Yeah, the man he was was coming. So they start through. heading to the crypts, man, and, and it gets interesting immediately as they descend into the crypts. I know every. Single person who's read it, I'm sure, suspects that something is up with the Crips. But they just they take on a life of their own. So whenever any characters this chapter, because I'm a, I was always a firm believer of something happening in the Crips. This rereading it uh, has solidified com- it for you. It altered what I think may be happening there. Well, so the, the first they they're, they're descending down the stairs, and Ned says he could feel the chill coming up the stairs, a cold breath from deep within the earth, and that. Immediately, you know, there, there's so, and I like that because he goes on to point that out that specific thing that it's always cold, it's always in the cold and repeatedly throughout even this though, chapter. And I don't think it's actually it's even come up yet, but we do know that Winterfell is heated through a hot spring that it's fed through the walls and all this stuff. So, Winterfell itself isn't a cold place, the north is definitely, and even Robert's bitching about the summer snows and. 
gods, Ned. It's and he's summer snow. Shocked by it, but like snow. Ned, Ned himself is saying it is always cold. And for a man like Ned Stark to notice the cold, exactly, it's got to be fucking exactly. cold. So the yeah, so they keep descending down, and they're they're chit chatting about Robert's journey north, and Robert's yeah. bitching about the snows, and it really kind of just shows Robert's ignorance. So I also of the realm. before we well, that's it about the realm itself. I mean, he's just bitching the whole way I, uh, that you know, there's no good ends. There's no. I end. like that he gives us our first real scope of the world by saying that uh, the North itself is bigger than the other six kingdoms combined. Which, like, I, I don't know if it's correct or accurate, but I think that's been disproven. I think it definitely is just a quote exact, that, yeah. but, like, that's how it felt. But, just you know, to show it's so how big, large yeah, it really, it really is. really is a huge you place, know, that, yeah. that has an effect also. But, but just Robert bitching, you know, about on his way up, there were no decent ends to stay. Like, to me, that just says more, you're a rule, dude. Like, right, you know, right. you're not you're not giving people what they need, but so that's I digress a, That anyway. was the first time we get to see, really, any of Ned's humor, because he was... Uh, jesting that it's oh well they're just shy they're just you, you, the Northmen are shy around. yeah yeah and then Ned kings are rare a rare sight right. in the north which actually from history and fire and blood they're not that rare in the north <laughs> Ned but so Robert immediately declares Ned needs to come south he'll he'll teach him to smile again there's a ton of stuff you know High Garden's got rose fields as far as the eye should see you so know. I also wanted to point out it before we get too far into that and then we'll go back uh, when they first make it down to the bottom of the stairs and Robert's boasting about everything and eating and fucking everybody that's and yeah that's where I was going with it oh well might be <laughs> um, I was just gonna say how much it's affecting him now because Ned noticed as they got to the bottom of the stairs. I guess we hadn't reached the bottom of the stairs yet, so I was jumping ahead. Fuck me. Yeah. I did, ju- yeah, I did cut coming. you off pretty good, huh? Yeah, no, because he, Robert declares like three times that Ned needs to come south and like doesn't mention the So, yeah, that's what I was, yeah, yeah. yeah Ned, I, I noticed Robert, that yeah, he just, you know, he's like, yeah, you need to come south and then talks about High Garden and the booze, the wine that they get and the women and how when it's hot and they're clothes stick to him and it just kind of shows all his weaknesses the the drink the the women these are all the things that robert really thinks is beautiful that ned needs to see in the south and i mean really you can get wine in the north you can get good food in the north you can get women in the north it's these aren't the things that are gonna entice ned stark to go south with you it's just showing more of who robert is and like you said, Ned notices. He's always known that Robert's been a man of large appetites. He says, which right. I think is the first shadow cast on Robert and Liana and what we're expected to believe about them. But Ned then says he he's always known this, but those pleasures seem to have been taking a toll on Robert now. Right, because by the time they get to the bottom of the stairs, even he's windy. He's all out yeah, of breath. He's, he's red supporting himself the face, on the wall. Like he's he's a mess. So now they come down to the bottom and they're in the the, the crypts proper. Yes, and, and we, we get a good description the of the crypts where it's you know columns two by two. So that I have go to down. say that like it reminded me a lot more than I had expected of the House of Faces with the the, the pillars going mm. down and the um and granted I suppose it's I don't know uh, I I just think it was really it's much more architecturized 
it's it's not as run down and shambly as I'd expected. Is mm. it to be just like a cave, like a fucking they're just walking down a cave and here's one part that's dug out, a dark, damp tunnel, but it's it they're nice pillars. Yeah, no, they, I mean they yeah. might be old and, you know, breaking away a little bit, but they're it's just it's this nice formal cold place that's just well built. They've got the pillars two by two by two all the way down, and then these sections cut out. Yeah, and it goes location. into that a little bit. The Ned said because because they've got all the everybody who's interred here, the remains. They they have a, a figure carved in their likeness, and you know it's a really big big deal. And it says by ancient custom, an iron longsword was laid across the lap of each who had yes. been Lord of Winterfell. And it was thought that they did this to keep their spirits from roaming and going mad. So it says, and actually that's something I really wanted to point out. And uh, I also wanted to mention that they they state that there's dire wolves carved around their feet. Mm -hmm. And I think that's super. I never noticed that before. Yeah, yeah. So the line that they they lay the swords across their lap, it's, he says, Ned says, as an internal thing, it's to keep the vengeful spirits in their crypts. And so it really makes me wonder if that's not there's not a lot more to that than we actually think. And well, cuz after that he goes on to think about how the the old uh, lords of Winterfell were were hard stern men. Right. But I feel like that could be a red herring and that there's something much more so, worrisome. Well, in what the I'm crypts. wondering is what were they? What vengeful spirits? Well, that's it. It's, what are these vengeful why spirits? Why would the that vengeful spirits from? be old lords of Winterfell? You know, and that's it. So it's when it vengeful. says to keep the vengeful spirits in their crypts. What spirits are those? What are they actually there? Like, because I feel like those those swords being laid across. There's some grain of truth there that they're there to protect something, or against something. See, yeah, I what I picked up with here was it was odd to me because just you know two chapters before we get told that and we've we've seen already that ned clearly doesn't buy into signs or right. anything like this but he notices that quite a few of the long swords are rusted to dust yes. and so he this, wonders if that means if the spirits they, if are free to roam yes and so like and then he says I hope not. I hope not. It's something he legitimately fears. And this is Ned Stark talking. This isn't, you know... Yeah, this isn't one of the children. One of the kids, or, by, or even Catelyn, who so clearly I, buys into signs a When lot. he had mentioned the the swords, too, that also got me wondering about, like, the protectors, of, like, the you know, if they're there defending against vengeful spirits. But it said that, you know, from the rust... The oldest had rusted to nothing, leaving only a few red stains where the metal had rested on stone. And I just feel like that could very much be a reference to blood and uh, just meaning more than it really Yeah, yeah, is. no, I think it's definitely meant to paint the image of blood on the stones and, you know, a sword cuts, you know, that it's meant to defend yourself. So, yeah, no, it's definitely just adding to the ominous... So there was uh, another little neat line where they said that the shadows made the stone figures stir as the living passed by. Mm. And just all of that, like, is really painting these crypts to be this foreboding, creepy, something's here. Just like, which, again, is exactly how the gods would, is here Mm -hmm. in... Winterfell. Is it all the old gods? Who the 
fuck knows. So they come up to three tombs. And so, yeah, well, it keeps going. Oh, like, well, yeah, it's a huge, on and, on and Ned on. trips out a little bit, so looking there's, in yeah, the dark. There's the, I have to bring up the line, because it's one of the, the obvious ones to mention, where he says, the black holes were waiting for their dead, waiting for him and his children. Ned did not like to think on that. Well, obviously. And it's like, well, maybe you should have used your head a little more, and you might have kept it. Yeah, we'll have half of those tombs filled in by... Three more books. So. But yes, so yeah, as you mentioned, we're yeah, so up they, on three so tombs. they, yeah, they come up to Ned's done tripping about his mortality, and they come <laughs> up to three tombs. And the first one, and the most prominent, is Lord Rickard Stark. Which it's most prominent because Ned states he was friends with the person who carved it. Yeah, yeah so he's the, at the stonemason. Clearly knew familiar. knew him. Yeah, so this was Ned's father. Um, and on either side of. Lord Rickard Stark is his children. We've got Brandon, Ned's older brother, who was twenty when he died. Betrothed to Catelyn was what was it? Four days later. Four, was, four days before yeah, his supposed he was to be supposed married to, wed to Catelyn. Catelyn. He was strangled he was... by the order of Mad King's Ares, Mad King Ares Targaryen, well, and his father was forced to watch. Right. Um, and as we know later, his father was then burned with wildfire. And then next to her father as well. On the other side, we got Liana, who was 16 when she died, and it said Ned loved her with all his heart. She was to wed Robert. And Robert loved her And more. Robert loved her supposedly more than Ned, and that's from Ned's own thoughts. I don't know how much I feel about I, I think he was attracted to her. I think I Robert, think Robert was, loved her. was in what he thought was love with her. but So then... Um... He kind of starts thinking about Liana. He thinks a lot about Liana. So, and I've never realized this till right now. Yo, we get Tower of Joy scene three chapters into the mm-hmm. whole fucking yeah, series. Yeah, something you wait almost the six, whole... six ep- uh, seasons for in the show. Literally, the very first net. And he, br- like, Jesus Christ. You know, he, he you... says straight up that he was, he was with her when she died. And so... Because we, we are already know it's that. right after Robert was bitching once again that she was brought to the crypts in general, and why would you have to bury her in the dark space? And we always talk about her being, you know, on a hill, hard, up on the hill, the and everything. Yeah, and that's when Ned breaks into, you know, well, you know, I prom, I made a promise to her. She wanted to return home to be next to her father and brother, but she, he didn't actually. He just. Says that he made a promise. Well, yeah, no, he, he says, yeah, that's when we get the first of many, promise me. And then it goes into, yeah, she asked to be brought back home, but we're not specifically told what promise was made. Um, yeah, it says, promise me, she had cried in a room that smelled of blood and roses. And just yes. that alone paints a fucking picture. But then we find out, so more now, about right. the roses and her affiliation, how fond she is of flowers. So, and that again brings up this whole like pointing to the very first look at R plus L equals J. And she's in this room full of roses. Why would it be roses if she was raped and kidnapped and captured and held against her will? She's, uh,. I mean, obviously, they're painting the picture of promise me to mean bring me north type stuff mm-hmm. in this point. But when he said promise me and he agreed, promised her, all the fear left her eyes because she knew that her son was safe. Yeah, it's absolutely and, relief. She's, I mean, she's just... not scared for herself at that point. Maybe I'm sure she didn't want to die. But at that point, it seems like 
her concern is more for her just-born child. Um, and so she had flower petals in her hand, and they fell from the pedis- from her hand as life slipped from her. And like you were just saying about the blood and roses, the, the roses and the petals falling from her lifeless hand. But the ones that fell from her hand were black and dead. Yes. And... Fuck me, man. Just to get, like, a, to get Tower of Joy this soon. Like, mm-hmm. this soon. We also get an interesting name drop because we're told that Howlin' Reed, the little Kranigman, is the one who found Ned and actually detached him from Lyanna afterward. After and he she doesn't had gone. remember. Anything. And he doesn't remember what happened after that, but he knows it was Howlin' Reed who came up to. Which is a super important name, and we've seen him all How, of, Howland who? Hulin Reed? Hulin Reed? Who are you? Who, who? So, yeah, um, we took, uh, they, they, Ned thinks on how Robert and Rhaegar met at the Trident and they fought there and whether or not Rhaegar may be glamoured or not. Oh, wait, Ned doesn't think that. I think that. I think that it was uh, funny <clears throat> when he said that he vowed to kill Rhaegar and Ned said, you did. You did, yeah. And he said only once. Mm-hmm. And then went on to say that he had, uh, had done it. So I really like that they throw the fire reference to Rhaegar when they said that his black armor was wrought in all rubies that flashed like fire when the sunlight hit him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously it's just a little call to the, the Targaryen lineage, but to associate him with the fire. Uh, yeah, that early on. Yeah, no, it's, it's painting this picture of and who yeah, the Targaryens I'm, are. I. That's so many rubies to not be glamoring somebody. That's so many. Rubies. I just love the image of you know the the members of both sides of both armies just scrambling in the fucking yeah. water trying in the to blood get red water. Yeah, yeah. Like, think about Ned that. even says when he rode up, Rhaegar was lying dead in the water. So Rhaegar's body is right there, and there's just guys just going to town trying to get them some of these rubies that blasted out of his chest. So they move on and they begin discussing. They don't move on. They're standing still in front of Lyanna's thing. But they begin discussing John Aaron and what happened so there. So before before John Aaron, um, there's nothing before John Aaron. All right. All right. There's a lot. There's a, mean, there's a, there's a good bit. Um, <laughs> when Robert was saying that he kills Rhaegar in his dreams a thousand times every night or whatever, but it's still less than he deserves. Ned said. Uh, in his head, he goes, there was nothing Ned could say to that. Mm. Because he doesn't, I don't think, any longer believe that Rhaegar deserves to be killed that way. Yeah, I think, he, it's, I think it's just hinting at the, the conflictedness in Ned. And I mean, we, we'll learn that as the, the, this book, especially this one, goes on, that Ned doesn't have a bad word to say about Rhaegar. And right. so at that point, it's just better so, just keep your mouth shut at and this that's point. it and so i think that that's why he says right there there's nothing he could say um but honestly i think it's more because he knows that he's running around with the kid the guy's oh absolutely son, but that's what like, i that's what i think it is i think this is this is the most we will ever see ned stark playing the game of thrones where he's calculating here he's thinking but it's purely about his well that's promise. it if he if he was to say anything here it would probably be Rhaegar doesn't deserve to be killed more than once. Like, and so saying that would obviously right. lead to questions. So there's so, nothing I can say here that won't funny, get me in trouble. That, 
We it's, all think of him as the biggest failure for getting his head chopped off at the Game of Thrones. Oh, I adore Ned Stark. But, oh no, that which isn't my. I I, my I know he's a there. he is a fool, but he played the game better than anybody else because he's the only one that's kept a secret. That's kept his secret. That's actually remained a secret. And it's it is a realm altering. See, I mean, no, absolutely, Ned Stark committed. I mean, in a, in a sense, he's as good a liar as Varys or Littlefinger. It better it's, because it's just, he knows he. Because he keeps it an actual secret. There's no little tendrils. Well, and is that... Granted, I guess we don't know their end game. Well, I mean, there so are they're... tendrils. There's Hal and Reed. There are some I loose ends, there you are. know. But it's... Again, I think that also speaks to Ned. You know, it's who he was willing to trust. And Hal and Reed, obviously, was someone that was willing and deserving of that trust. Right. Like, that's... The secret hasn't leaked. No one knows... You know, and, and it's not even confirmed yet in the books. It, we're only going based off Helen's show. Helen's probably like this fucking boastful drunk who's I, like, I just need to tuck away in a corner somewhere. Whatever the fuck Helen Reed everyone. is, I have never in like I, I already like adore him. I like Helen Reed is in my top ten favorite characters of this book, and we've never fucking seen him. Yeah, like, he's outstanding. And so it's just it's one of those crazy. And, and how much you can read Helen into Reed this. read his cold hands. Oh, yes! Fucking God. You got a new one. That's your search for fucking yes. this reread through is who Hell cold yeah. hands is. That's it. I'm, I'm telling you, man, it. it's Rhaegar. That's that's my... Helen Reed. That's my new candidate. I'm going to have to research now. So, <laughs> anyway, they start discussing John Aaron's death and, and how... He's never ex- seen somebody sick and so get sick, quickly. Get sick so, so quickly. Fast. Which, I mean, obviously, the foul play is what we're meant to... Yeah. You know, it, if it's something that Robert, who, you know, has taken many lives himself, he clearly has been around the block a few times. If he's never seen a sickness take a man this quick, this is something that's not normal in this universe. It's Someone was aiding it along, we are obviously meant to suspect, and... Come to find out, we are meant to. Everyone's meant yeah, to suspect that's the... that. That's the whole point of John Aaron being killed. But Ned inquires about Catelyn's sister Liza, and yes, Robert and... says that John Aaron's death has driven her mad. Ned, the, the woman's fucking crazy, bad shit, and she takes the little crazy Robert Aaron and Rob, yeah, and she bounces to because he was going to, and you find out that it was because he had proposed to her that he was going to uh, foster him over with. Tywin Lannister. Which is such an interesting Yo, decision. Like, I, I was just thinking about it, like, if the kid survived, he'd be fucking cold well, and Well, absolutely. I mean, any any ward or any youth that could be molded by Tywin in such an influential way would just, just be a fucking... But yeah, so Liza bound. But yeah, no, she was... And now, even Ned himself thinks he would sooner entrust a child to a pit viper than to Lord think Tywin. as much of it is her being crazy... Or being paranoid for taking part in anything. Well, and... knowing what we know, I think it's absolutely paranoia. And I think also a part of it, I think Littlefinger told her, you know, you need to get the fuck out of Dodge when that... Yeah, and it's little, not out of concern for her or her son. It's right, for his Because plan. she knows what she knows. She did the deed. She poisoned John Aaron. So get the fuck out before someone can get a hold of you and get my name out of you right. or anything else. I think it's entirely Littlefinger, you know, playing playing the game Littlefinger does. So and Ned volunteered himself to ward the kid to yes. take him as well for a little bit. And I think that's really what sparked 
Robert into being like, quit playing fucking dumb. Yeah, like, yeah. We both you, know why I'm offend, really here. Yeah, like, and Robert straight up says, like, no, I Thank can't you. now. Appreciate it. But, but it would offend Tywin if I rescinded that offer he already accepted, which is interesting to me. Tywin accepted. Yeah. Tywin was willing to take on this kid and instruct him, and knowing what we know of Robin Aaron, it just would not have been a fucking great match at all. But, so yeah, Ned... And Robert's basically all right. It cut probably the shit. honestly has a lot to do with Tywin wanting Vale of the East under. Oh, his power. I mean, absolutely. Then he's got the Warden of the East, mm. and he is Warden of the West. So there we go. Tywin's got two realms right under right. his belt. But um, so Robert cuts the shit and asks Ned to be his hand. You know, I need you up uh, down south. You help me win the throne. Help me keep the damn thing. You know, it, it's it's a shit show down there. Oh, I'm surrounded by fools and people that just want to tell me what I want to hear and you're not you're not serving any purpose up here so come down and help me and it says specifically it was the last thing in the world that Ned wanted right he he doesn't want to be a part of the politics he doesn't want to be playing the game of thrones he wants to do his thing in the north with his family and you know just live the life that he's known for a while he helped Robert take the throne and cuz Robert wanted it and you know, the whole Lyanna and Rhaegar thing, but... So then we get that interesting little quip, because, you know, Ned's refusing it, so... Where he says, you know, you know that saying, what kings dream, the hands build. <laughs> and Robert's like, yeah, but the real saying that I've heard is the king eats and the hand takes the shit. Yeah, which is more, I think, more realistic. Right. I mean, and, and Robert says it himself, you know, I'm I'm not... I'm not asking you to, like, come up and help me. You know, I want I want you to fucking rule while I drink whore and eat right. myself too early. So Robert's not hiding what it is that he wants. And, and I think it's actually interesting because every time... Robert's being his usual loud, you know, laughing, haughty self. And every time he laughs, I almost cringe. Like, it's like a... Yeah, in the fucking and it echoes. It and always it, talks. He, yeah. he gives this big laugh, and then Ned says, The dead of Winterfell seem to watch with cold, disapproving eyes. Like, they did not like this Baratheon yeah. down here being loud. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sure it's a little deeper than that, but it just... They're, they're watching. They're, they've got these cold, disapproving eyes. So then Robert drops a bomb and is like... You know, I was to be, we were, we were going to be brothers. I was going to wed your sister. It's not too late for that. So let's marry my son, the prince, Joffrey, to your daughter, Sansa. And it says this offer did startle Ned. Ned he wasn't expecting this. Right. Like, caught him off. Guard. I mean, it's a big deal. The crown prince, that would basically make Sansa his queen. The Starks would then be royalty from that point on, right. pending any tomfoolery that would happen down the road. So Ned's like, yo, you know, I got to talk to Kat. Give me some time. Yeah, I gotta sleep on this. And you know, Robert's like, "Yeah, don't keep me waiting long. I'm I'm not that patient of a man." And and then it just says Ned immediately sense feels a deep sense of foreboding. Yes. So and, I I saw that too that he uh, he just had this terrible feeling about it, like all of a sudden. And I feel like that has to do with them walking out of the crypt as he passes. Maybe a certain crypt. We don't know which one or anything, but. Yeah, I mean, it just says um, this, this of... was his place here in the north, and he could feel the eyes of the dead upon him. They were listening, and winter is coming. It's he just... knew. They were listening, he knew. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he He's aware that this decision something. is being watched. It's a very important decision whether or not he goes south. And even the old kings of Winterfell, these spirits or specters or vengeful fucking souls, whatever they are, 
even they're interested or know that there's something the powers that be are are very interested in what's happening right here because this is a detrimental part to the entire series this decision if ned said no so many different things that are supposed to happen according to some of the puppet masters wouldn't and shit would go way way different so this is a huge decision which ned isn't taking lightly but he's just filled with dread at the thought of it and that's it. We closed Ned 1 with that, yeah. and that's where we're left with Robert's big offer and Ned's big old sense of foreboding. Shit's got real. So what do you think? So, fuck, man. There's just, there's so much in there. Like A lot of Liana. And that's, you know, it's it seems like it's just filler stuff when you first go through it your first time. It's, it's. You know, oh, here's a little background story. That's yeah, cool. here's why these two are tight. Right. And not but, this is going like, to affect the entire story. Holy shit. This is like, what drives. This, this here has so much more than you'll ever anticipate. I mean, we've almost gotten, I mean, since Danny, which was last chapter, but <laughs> we're like, we've gotten a reference to Rhaegar and Lyanna in every, just about every chapter. Basically. I mean, it's such a an important thing to so many characters, not just Ned. But Jon Snow, Daenerys, you know, it, it ties together all, Howland Reed, so Mira and Jojen when they come in, and eventually Bran. It just ties so many characters together. This thread of not only who is Jon Snow's mother, but the Promise Me Ned, what happened at the Tower of Joy, which we will get a little bit more of in future Ned chapters. But Ned's my boy, and we only got 14 more chapters with him. One down. So... Man. For the honorary inductee, this chapter, I gotta give it to the Old Kings of Winterfell for just, I mean, even in death, man, like, they're fucking intense as shit. That is one crypt that I would not want to be running around as a teenager. Right, playing the fucking Smoking my dope scene. and playing my music, because you'll get an iron longsword up the ass. Yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah, exactly. So, mine goes to Helden Reed. For keeping his shit together and getting Ned out of there when he needed him. Because Ned was not going to... I mean, even he said it. He he couldn't remember I'm what started, happened. I'm declaring it now. I'm starting the Church of Howland Reed. The Church Howland. of Howland Reed. I, uh, I could preach Howland at that church. Howland Reed. That's all I got. That's but all you need. that was our thoughts on Ned 1. Let us know what you guys thought. As always, we are definitely interested in hearing... What you guys think about Liana? Do you guys do you guys buy into R plus L equals J? You think it's just complete bullshit? Do you think it's just Shara C Star who might be Jon Snow's mother, as many people claim might be true? Who knows? Who the fuck? All knows? I know is Ned's got a huge decision, and we gotta wait till next week to find out. John, well, in John oh. one, find out what we can. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to John 1, too. We do That's get be good. one of the greatest introductions of my life <laughs> in John 1 when John meets the imp of House Lannister. So we got that look forward to. But, yeah, write us in. Let us know yeah, what you, you guys think. Wherever wherever you think we can be available is where we're at. We're on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash brotherhoodpodcast. Twitter. And Twitter is at mannerswithout. We've got an Instagram which you're supposed do you do anything on Instagram this week? Have you done anything? I look at pictures because I don't think anything happened last. I watched week. some stories so of HBO. Our Instagram is at Brotherhood Without, and the thing that we check all the time, where we're always waiting for you guys to get us at, is our Gmail Without Manners Brotherhood at gmail.com. 
let us know what you guys wanna <clears throat> wanna say about this stuff. Give us your inductees. Give us whatever you feel like you need to give us. Send us everything or nothing, but probably everything. Also, give us a review and like on iTunes. Those things are important. True that. So I heard. I read it somewhere. Or in a book. In a book. Well, I think that just about says we're out of everything. So, alright guys, we'll catch you for John 1 next week. Um, <laughs> Deuce and Valor the Hiss.